Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll get into some Hawks news and talk about their games against the San Antonio Spurs, the Detroit Pistons, and the Toronto Raptors. Without further ado, let's get into it. Unfortunately, our first bit of news is that Chandler Parsons was involved in a car accident and probably will not play the rest of the season for the Hawks. He was not at fault for the car accident, but it appears that it was a pretty severe accident. He was listed as having a concussion and whiplash, and he will definitely not play for the Hawks for the rest of the season. And I think this would limit any opportunity that he has of being traded. He was going to be traded just for his contract if he was going to be traded, so certainly the team that trades for him could waive his physical, but I imagine that he would not be traded after this car accident. The second bit of news is a little happier is that the Hawks brought Jeff Teague back in a trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Hawks sent Alan Crabb up to Minnesota for Jeff Teague and Travion Graham. Teague is a player who's drafted by the Hawks and played on the 60 win Hawks teams and I think will be a fantastic backup for Trey Young. Travis Slink has said that this is also an opportunity for Teague who's in the last year of his deal to kind of audition to have this job going forward and if he plays well the Hawks are looking to bring him back next year to continue to uh, not only back up Trey Young but be a veteran voice in the locker room. It's really cool as a fan to see Uh, Part of that 60-win team, sort of the last great Hawks team, come back to Atlanta. Teague said himself when he found out he was getting traded and then they told him it was to Atlanta, he couldn't believe how lucky he was. And Teague will definitely provide a steadying force behind Trey and sort of give the Hawks an option and a competent backup point guard for when Trey is off the court. Teague did not get in to the first game that the Hawks played after they had acquired his rights. That was in San Antonio, but he has played in both other games since then. Um, I was at the Toronto game, and when Teague went in, there was a warm round of applause and sort of cheering when Jeff Teague went in. So there's a lot of goodwill still here in Atlanta for Jeff Teague, and it's going to be exciting going forward seeing him play again for the Hawks. One interesting note is that instead of wearing zero like he did his first time in Atlanta he is wearing double zero but it's really cool again just to have a connection to that 61 team here again on this Hawks team the other piece of the trade Travion Graham is a third year player who was drafted by the Hornets he's a 6-5 shooting guard more like a wing type and plays really good defense but his question is always is his shooting going to be there he got into the Detroit game after the Hawks were getting blown out And we'll monitor his playing as time goes on. But all in all, I think this was a no-lose trade for the Hawks. Alan Crabb was never going to be part of the future of the Hawks. He just didn't quite fit on the time or age range as the Hawks. And to get Jeff Teague and Travion Graham for that is exciting. Both players are expiring. But like I said, the Hawks are looking at maybe if Jeff Teague does well, bringing him back for longer after this season. After getting a big win against the Phoenix Suns, the Hawks went out to San Antonio where 
they had not won a game in over 20 years. In fact, amongst the five starters who the Hawks put out to start the game, Trey Young, John Collins, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, and Kevin Herter, a couple of those guys had not even been born the last time the Hawks had won a game in San Antonio. So it was always going to be a struggle. It's weird. Even the 60-win team couldn't get a win out in San Antonio. There have been a couple of big uh, last-second shots by the Spurs to knock off the Hawks. And so going in, it was going to be interesting to see how the Hawks responded. And they played a really, really complete game. The Hawks were up at halftime, unfortunately, in the second half of the game, especially the third quarter, the Hawks got off track. The Spurs were able to outscore the Hawks by 20 points in the third quarter. And frankly, um, the Hawks had no answer for LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus Aldridge provides a difficult cover for anyone on the Hawks. He's a little bigger than John Collins, and he has some very good mid-range shots, which the Hawks are willing to concede to the uh, other team. And um, It was interesting, after playing such a good first half, to see how the Hawks would respond to being down by a lot going into the fourth quarter, and the Hawks fought their way back. Um, Some standouts for the Hawks. Trey Young had a big game, 31 points and 9 assists. Um, John Collins had 18 points, 10 rebounds. He also had 5 fouls. Um, And Cam Reddish had a huge game, 22 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 4 steals. Really, Cam Reddish had a wonderful game. He shot the ball well. He was 8 of 13, 5 of 7 from 3. And at some points where it looked like the Hawks could really uh, lose contact with the Spurs, Cam Reddish kept the Hawks in the game. Uh, The Hawks did a lot to get back into this game, and the biggest play of the night was obviously the Hawks' last shot. Um, They were down by two, going, uh, having the ball with under 30 seconds to go. They started the ball at the top of the um, at the top of the half court with. Trey Young, who drew a double team. Uh, Trey made a slick behind that back pass to DeAndre Hunter at the top of the key. DeAndre Hunter was very deliberate, took two dribbles kind of to the right side of the paint, and when that drew the defense, kicked it out over to Kevin Herter. Perfect pass right in uh, Herter's shooting pocket, and Herter knocked down the three. Uh, That put the Hawks up one, but the game wasn't over yet. There were still six seconds to go. And the Hawks had to play some defense. And um, the Spurs went to their star, uh, DeMar DeRozan, who um, is just a king of the mid-range and really a king of getting these sorts of buckets, isolation buckets at end of games when every foul is going to be called. And as much as I praised uh, Cam Reddish about his offensive performance, he did a really good job of defending and not fouling on DeMar DeRozan. In fact, DeMar went to the right and tried to get a little fall away, and he had three Hawks all contesting vertically, and he got the shot up on the rim, and it didn't fall, and the Hawks were able to snap this streak. Uh, It was an awesome game, especially for this young Hawks team to really have as poor a third quarter as they did and to come back and win, Um, especially against a veteran team like the Spurs. The Hawks really held their own uh, a couple times when they could have folded and played really well. Can't talk about the Spurs game without talking about Vince Carter 
in the first half of the game, specifically the seventh, the second quarter. Carter went back and seemed to be in a time machine, getting to his mid-range shots. He got a couple threes, uh, one big three when he appeared to go out of bounds and was able to reestablish his position on the court and hit a three. Um, but he really pushed the Hawks and was a positive uh, force for the Hawks in that second quarter and kind of um, kept the positive energy going. So it was fantastic to go into San Antonio and get a win and snap the longest uh, streak of its kind in the NBA. Um, but it also took a lot out of the Hawks, and I think that showed itself in the game against the Pistons. The Hawks didn't get back into Atlanta until 2 a.m., and then they got to play Detroit, and uh, it was not a very good game. The Hawks ultimately lost the game, um, 136-103, to and it was never particularly close. Um, it was awesome having Jeff Teague back in the game, back on the Hawks. And he ended the game with um, playing 25 minutes. He was 6 of 9, had 15 points, really was a positive in the game. But the Hawks just never were, were in this. They uh, turned the ball over 19 times. They didn't get to the free throw line. They fouled a lot. It was just a rough game for the Hawks. Um, DeAndre Hunter had a nice game, 19 points. Was two of six from three, eight of fifteen overall, but the Hawks were just never in contact, and it's kind of rough that there are these scheduled losses. It feels like the Pistons had been in Atlanta a day already, whereas the Hawks came in and had a back-to-back on their home court, um, and it's frustrating, especially after going on a little two-game winning streak that the Hawks come back and have to play such a rough game. Um, I don't know that there's a lot to take away from this. Uh, game and it was going to be interesting to see how the Hawks came out against Toronto after having you know a little bit of a letdown against the Pistons but uh the Hawks on MLK Day are always fun to watch and they ended up putting up a pretty good game against the Toronto Raptors um while Toronto jumped out to a 7-0 lead the Hawks were able to uh, stay in the game and they cut it down to as few as two points in the first quarter um, the Toronto went on a 12-2 to run at the end of the first quarter to push the lead back up, but the Hawks used a really effective um, second quarter to take a lead into halftime. Um, while playing you know, pretty well in the third quarter, it was really this fourth quarter where Toronto went with all their backups, including Norman Powell, Serge Ibaka, Patrick McCall, Rondé Hollis Jefferson and Terrence Davis that Toronto really took a commanding lead getting the lead all the way up to 21 points um and you could be like well well the Hawks are never going to get back into this one and the Hawks came all the way back uh I think the most frustrating part about this game was the Hawks got it within two and under a minute to go Toronto got the ball to Fred Van Vliet who had an awful game and uh, he shot a three, he bricked it, and then they called a foul on the three-point game, three-point shot. Uh, the refs in the building, the refs had been bad all game. Specifically in the fourth quarter, they had at least two different plays that went to replay and were overturned, so they are already missing calls. And then it really looked like that John Collins hadn't fouled um, Fred Van Vliet on that last three-pointer, 
and to take the lead from two to five with less than a minute to go and for John Collins to foul out, that was really kind of the nail in the coffin. Um, the Hawks went on a 22-2 a run in that time to close the gap and get there. John Collins played almost the entire fourth quarter until he fouled out. Um, Cam Reddish played the entire fourth quarter, and Trey Young played the entire fourth quarter. Um, and the Hawks did a, as good a job as they could to get back into this one. Trey had 18 points. Cam had eight points in the fourth. Um, I thought they really deserved at least a chance to tie the game. And um, to the Toronto's credit, the Hawks got the lead after the Toronto had gotten the lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter. The Hawks were threatening to take the lead, and without, um, but like at one point, Cam was bringing the ball up court, and Fred VanVleet just stole the ball and got an easy layup to put the uh, Toronto up one. It was like a couple of mistakes. Now, if we look at some of these like stats from this game that are especially frustrating, um, Toronto did not shoot the ball particularly well in this game. They were 38 of 92 for 41%, where the Hawks were 41 of 83 for 49%. The Toronto shot 33% from three-point line. The Hawks shot 36% from the three-point line. Um, Toronto shot 77% from the free-throw line, but the Hawks shot 70% on the, from the free-throw line. Um, the big numbers in this game, I mean, turnovers. The Hawks had 23 turnovers, all right, and they had 34 fouls. The Hawks sent Toronto to the free-throw line 43 times. It was a game that started at 2.30 and ended up ended at after 5 o'clock. Just a real frustrating game um, just from a watching standpoint or aesthetic standpoint because it never really got going. And uh, Trey, just masterful game, 42 points, uh, 15 assists, kind of had everything going. And to be honest, it didn't even really feel like 42 points in the game. It just sort of felt like in the flow of the game he had gotten that many. He did go to the free throw line 21 times, um, but... Trey just played a really solid game. The rest of the Hawks, Collins had 17 points um, and three blocks. Uh, DeAndre Hunter had 13 points and two blocks. Um, Bruno Fernando had a quietly pretty good game, 12 points on six of seven shooting. But to send Toronto to the line 43 times, I mean, it just really puts you in a hole. And the... Toronto's bench squad really kept them in this game. Um, I mean, the player of the game was Norman Powell, and towards the end of the game, he just couldn't miss a three-pointer. He was 6 of 9 from three-point land, had 27 points, and he was making just everything. It was it was frustrating to watch. Anytime it felt like the Hawks had cut this lead and were going to make a move, Norman Powell uh, hit a big three-pointer. So the Hawks went 1-2 and two in these three-game stretch, and um, you kind of feel like they had a scheduled loss against the Pistons and they sort of uh, got a win they normally wouldn't have gotten in San Antonio. Um, and then they competed against Toronto, the former champs. Um, so it was a nice little run of games. I'm really interested to see how the Hawks go moving forward now that Jeff Teague is back in Atlanta and we have like how Lloyd Pierce goes with the rotations. But the Hawks have been playing 
I would say for the past 10 or so games, way better basketball than they had to start the season. Now we're just past the halfway point of the season, um, and the Hawks, they're getting towards the All-Star break, and it'll see how the Hawks do going into the All-Star break. They have about 10 to 12 games left. See how they close that break and see if our guys are able to get some rest over that break to see if uh, Trey Young is going to be a starter in the All-Star game. Um, see if he's in a three-point shooting contest. See what sort of uh, pop the Hawks get going into the All-Star break and see how they finish this season off. I don't think in any way that like Lloyd Pierce is uh, like coaching for his job next year, but there are meaningful auditions for this Hawks team, specifically Jeff Teague. Is he going to continue to be part of the Hawks? And if before the trade deadline, which is uh, February, at the beginning of February, if the Hawks make any further moves. But um, it was a fun little three-game stretch for the Hawks. It was nice to bookend it with good games. Again, sort of throwing out that Pistons game. Um, but we'll see what the Hawks do against the Clippers tomorrow. Um, the Clippers won't have their full team, so we'll see how the Hawks do in Atlanta. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. Uh, if you could leave a rating on whatever service you use to listen to your podcast, that would be a huge help. And I will talk to you all tomorrow about what the Hawks need to look for to get a win against the Clippers. Go Hawks!